Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a bi-demisexual girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, compersion. Sounds fake, but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. I'm so sleepy. Wake up, it's compersion time. I know. Here's the problem, is I've recently discovered that if I have a medium-sized Dunkin' Refresher around <laughs> okay. noon on recording day, mm-hmm. I like make it through recording with a good amount of energy, but I'm like still able to fall asleep soon Mm -hmm. after and today i didn't feel like going and getting one so i was like Mm -hmm. oh i'll have like an orange pop with lunch no caffeine but a lot of sugar yeah and then you needed that calf i did (laughs) and i still wasn't feeling it so then i had a ginger ale and i was like still not caffeine it's way too late for that now but more sugar and it didn't work and here i am drinking my caffeine yeah but caffeine doesn't do the same things to you if anything i'm I'm too powerful (laughs) Yeah, you're too ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't think we have any housekeeping, do we? I don't know. Okay. Kayla, what are we talking about this week? This week, we are talking about compersion. Yeah. Yep. We we really struggled coming up with a topic this week. Well, I thought I had one, and then I looked back, and it turns out we had already done it. Yeah, I, I thought we might have, but, like, I didn't have time today to think about things because of what I will discuss during the juice and beef section. Yeah. Um, mostly beef, to be clear, not juice. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> um, so we just sat here and tried to figure something out, and we were looking up random articles, and we're talking about compersion. <laughs> it's true. Compersion. I- C-O-M. P-E-R-S-I-O-N. Compersion. That is correct. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Now that we've gotten the spelling bee out of the way. Yeah. I think we should start doing that. Every topic, we should just Mm -hmm. do a little bee, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's define compersion. I will say that I had actually never heard of this word until we were going through our quotes for our book. Same, I think. And somebody used it in one of their responses, and we were like, what does that mean? And we looked it up, and we were like, oh, that's fun. Uh, And now we're doing a podcast about it. Let me read to you. According to Masterclass, okay, she can't hear me. She doesn't know what's going on. You didn't even hear who I got this from. Nope. Masterclass. This is from Masterclass. Wow. Okay, Masterclass. On what? What's the class? Compersion meaning, compersion and monogamy and polyamory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Masterclass says, The word compersion refers to a form of joy in the joy of others. In the world of consensually non-monogamous relationships, it more specifically relates to the happiness someone finds in their partner seeking out and enjoying sexual and romantic intimacy with other people. So this word was actually coined in, like, the polyamorous community. It was coined in the early 90s by the Carista community, which was San Francisco-based and has since disbanded. But um, <laughs> but it was they, – they called it the feeling of taking joy in the joy that others you love share among themselves. Um, so it actually was created in this context of, of polyamory in regards and reference to – like your partner's getting sexual and romantic, intimate thumbs up from other people. Have you Sorry. found it? I was looking for the qu- of the qu- Kayla. Kayla has been not paying attention for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you've never done that. <laughs> She's looking for the quote. Why didn't you just pull up the PDF of our book and find the word? Hmm. Now there would have been an idea. <laughs> Wait, I found it. Hit me with it. A reading from the book of Sounds Fake But Okay. Chapter 4? Page 78. The, 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 the book of Whomst. 
Oh, the book of romance and partnerships. So sorry. No, I I meant who wrote the quote. <laughs> oh yes, everything from the book of Anita. Okay. <laughs> she her asexual pan romantic. <laughs> Great. Um, That's what they do in church too. Yeah, they really should. <laughs> so <laughs> she said, Jesus, all pronouns. All pronouns. Literally. <laughs> I have benefited greatly from the open polyamorous setup that I currently have. It is incredibly freeing to be in a relationship that fulfills me romantically without feeling the guilt slash obligation slash sadness. This is weird because you read this quote when we did the audio book. I did. <laughs> and now I'm like, what am I doing here reading this? Anyway, uh, slash sadness of being unable to fill my fulfill my per- per- Jesus Christ. Of being unable to fulfill my partner's sexual desires. I love to participate in a romantic evening with my partners and then set up the bedroom for them to have a special time together while I go play video games or read or whatever. The feeling of compersion is incredible and the hugs afterward are my favorite. I feel included in the intimacy and emotional closeness without needing to get involved in sex. Slay. Thanks, Anita. Thanks, Anita. Um, I also remember when we were going through our, like, first round of edits on the book that the editor was like, what is this word? And we yeah. were like, I swear, it's real. We also said, it's okay, we had to Google it too. Yes, but I just think it's it's interesting that... Yeah. Um, it's very it's very specific. It's like a situation where, according to whatiscompersion.com, um, oh, that's where I got the information of who coined it. Um, yeah. Oh, for a sec. Oh, damn. I thought it was going to tell me the etymology of where they got the word from, but actually, no. They're just talking about Buddhists. Damn, Um, we could have done a whole spelling bee if we had the etymology. Truly. Um, So I don't know exactly what the etymology of the word specifically is, but like it's interesting that they... Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that they came up with a completely new word rather than co-opting another one. Right, which like... It's very, because I mean, thinking about it, so in this, or another article, Sarah found the Pincus Center for Inclusive. Tamara Pincus. The Inclusive Treatment and Education. It looks I don't know like who this is. It's it's just, it's called therapists. What is Compersion and Polyamory and Why Don't I Have It? by Rebecca Rose Vassy. Yes. Approximately nine minute reading time. <laughs> um <laughs> But when they're in the section about just like what is compersion, they you know give this the standard definition, and they say it's like the opposite of um, Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude, which is yeah. the German thing where you're like happy when someone else is upset, right? Yeah. That one. Yes, it's it's like you're happy that other people are suffering, right. which is just interesting because I don't even think in English we don't have a word for we that. just we just use Schadenfreude, we, right? And so of course we wouldn't have a word. Yeah, like if. Elon Musk face plants into a puddle. I have Schadenfreude. Right. And if my friend who loves puddles mm-hmm. jumps in that puddle on purpose, compersion. Perhaps you could have some compersion. Exactly. <laughs> I just yeah, I think it's interesting that they had to create a whole new word because yeah, there isn't in the English language really a lot of words for like yeah. feelings that relate to other people i guess other than like i guess there's like jealousy or like yeah they're all kind of like big um umbrella words where like there might be more specific words but yeah nobody knows them like they're not yeah. well known and you know those germans they just have words for just, everything well it's because they just put words together like mm. schaden means like like if you in german if you say like schade that means like too bad so like they just they're just shoving words together and making it mean things and you know what german german borrows a lot of english words so it's only fair that we borrow some back that's fair okay then rebecca goes on to say to like think of it as have you ever felt really happy when you saw your partner blissed out over something that didn't directly involve you, maybe you love seeing them immersed in their favorite hobby you don't un- that you don't understand, or you felt really proud of their work achievement, or your heart swelled up when you saw them playing with their beloved nibbling or pet they adore. Not the, not the nibbling. Not the nibbling. <laughs> um, which, again, doesn't have to be your partner. It can be, like, it's literally just, like, yeah. Compersion is really just, like, I'm happy, you're happy. You yes. know? It is, like, that's yeah. basically what it is. Yeah, it's the feeling of seeing someone you're close to, 
being happy about something and that also bringing you joy, knowing that they are happy about something. It's like saying, I love that for you. Yes. And therefore, I love it for me. (laughs) True. Well, in in this article, the one, uh, yeah, the Rebecca article, um, she talks about how it's not so much a constant state, but a peak moment. It's when you realize you feel great, that your partner is feeling great, and then you get the added benefit of feeling great, that you feel great about them feeling great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny. Yeah. Oh, and it, they also mentioned, like, if you're not partnered, think about any times you've been excited for a dear friend who started dating someone great. Like, yeah, like, I'm happy that you're in a good, happy relationship. I'm happy that you have other good, strong platonic relationships. Yeah. I'm happy you're happy, baby. <laughs> I love that for you, queen. Well, according to Masterclass, do you want um, do you oh. want to listen to what Masterclass? Well, what? Esther Perel at Masterclass uh, says how to foster compersion. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. So, for compersion to be a positive experience, you must learn to subdue any possessive tendencies. That seems subdue a little... Subdue the possessive tendencies. I feel like getting rid of, of all of it seems slightly unachievable, but okay. Well, we're just subduing... <laughs> Right. Not eliminating. Okay, that's fair. Because I just feel like total elimination is a little impossible, probably. Yeah. But subduing, I suppose, we can manage. First thing, allow complexity. Mm. Uh, Conversion might be primarily a positive emotion, but it's possible to feel negative emotions alongside it. You might even experience jealousy at the exact same time you experience conversion. The human heart is complex. Allow yourself to feel all your emotions. I love that. That's true because, like, sometimes it's like, your friend has another really great friend or they have a yeah. partner or whatever and you're like i'm so happy for them i'm so happy that they're getting this and it's clearly very fulfilling for them but i'm also jealous that they're not spending time with me you know yeah 100 percent. i don't think there's anything wrong with that like yeah i think jealousy when it gets to a point obviously can be very harmful but i also think there's a lot of jealousy that's just like very natural there's a lot of shame around it but it's like as long as you're managing it correctly you know i think jealousy on its own is a completely neutral thing yeah and it's just how you react to that jealousy that makes it positive or negative it's not really ever positive but that makes it negative (laughs) yeah no i agree because you're having the feeling is like something, you know, obviously something you can't control, but then yes, acting upon it or becoming yeah. possessive or lashing out or something, that's obviously. Like there is no morality attached to like feeling jealous. Now, well, actually, it- if you were to go to the Ten Commandments, you're not <laughs> supposed to covet thy neighbor, Sarah. What if I want to covet my neighbor's dog? Or his dog? wife or whatever. Is what that, you're not supposed dog? to covet his wife? Is that part of it? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know. Neither do I, but now I have to know. How and like, part I... of, when, as I was saying, that, oh my God, as I was saying that, part of me was like, well, you know, if like you're really jealous in like a toxic way, but it's like, no, that's not the problem of the jealousy. That's the problem yes. of how you're reacting to the jealousy. Oh, thou sh- you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or what about? his male or female servant or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Well, that's what, quite specific. What about his, what what about his ass? Um, <laughs> they already said donkey. <laughs> I did not know that was the full text of that. That's actually so crazy. A little bit of a run on there. Okay, the next way to foster compersion yes, is perfect. to accept jealousy. If you're trying to foster a sense of sexual compersion for your partner, be ready to feel romantic jealousy along the way. Still, this jealousy can act as an educator. Ask yourself why you feel this way, especially if your partner remains just as devoted to you as they did before you both started exploring new relationships. If you accept jealousy as one of many emotions, you'll have a better chance of learning to control it. I think that's an excellent point. I think jealousy is a very good compass for figuring out if something is wrong with something the other person is doing or if there's uh insecurity within yourself yeah especially if you're in a consensual non-monogamous relationship and everyone is following all of the rules that you set out but you still feel Mm -hmm. jealous it's like okay is someone like not spending as much time as was agreed to is there Mm -hmm. an insecurity about am i not feeling loved and appreciated right 
Or is maybe non-monogamy just not for me? (laughs) Yeah, fair. Completely fair. It's not. It's absolutely not for everyone. And I feel like so often people think about like polygamy is like everyone, not polyamory, not they. Well, they think of polyamory as polygamy, where it's like where it's like everyone is in a relationship with each other. I guess polygamy is more like a guy has 45 wives. Polygamy is when one man has many wives, but the wives have no relation. We don't like polygamy. You're right. People think about polyamory. Yes. Oftentimes as everyone is in a relationship with everyone. Right, like a closed loop. Yes. But that is, I would say, probably most of the time not the case. Yeah, I would think so. That seems unlikely. Because you have your little constellation, right? Yes. So I think, you your know. Metamors. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And so I think it's it's more words that we learned from our. I know. <laughs> I already knew. Actually, I already knew metamors, but. I don't know anything. Okay. Um, but like it's good to, to consider those things because it's like if you are in a polyamorous relationship, they may be going to someone for some sort of fulfillment to a person that you don't know or you don't have a yeah. relationship with. And, like, that can be hard. But yeah. it's what you agreed to, dog. True. <laughs> All right, next. Be honest. If you feel negative emotions about your partner finding happiness with others, be honest with yourself and your partner about how they affect you. These feelings might be a speed bump on the road to happy and consensual non-monogamy, or they might be proof you're happier in a completely monogamous relationship. I just said that. Dude, we should be <laughs> teaching this masterclass. Remind yourself it's okay to be polyamorous or or monogamous. In either case, the most important things are openness and honesty. Practicing emotional vulnerability can strengthen a couple's relationship. Next, define what compersion means to you. While feelings of compersion are common in polyamory, you can experience these positive emotions in a monogamous context as well. Talk with your partner about the relationships the two of you have outside of your own, whether they're friendly or romantic. Discuss what makes you comfortable, what makes you uncomfortable, and why and how you find happiness in relationships with others. Set boundaries. Wow. Next, learn from discomfort. Feelings of jealousy and discomfort might be a sign you have unmet needs in your primary relationship. We I just literally said that. Pay attention to your feelings. Observe them mindfully rather than allow t- them to make you reactive. We. Oh my god! I want to be clear that we didn't even we did not read this before. Of course we didn't. We never read it before. Of course we didn't. Um, We're literally just geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, discomfort often makes it possible for you to grow more than you would ever have been able to otherwise. Practice empathy. Mm. Finding happiness and your partner's happiness is as much the definition of compersion as it is of empathy. Take a second to recognize your partner's own feelings of joy, whether in their friendly or romantic relationships. Realize their happiness in spending quality time with other people has no negative effect on their happiness in spending time with you. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It's like... I don't know, I was going to have a metaphor, mm-hmm. but then I was thinking about this thing in elementary school where you have a bucket. Bucket and if dippers? You, if you're, yeah, you don't want to be a bucket dipper. <laughs> you don't want to be a if bucket dipper. If you're mean to someone, you're dipping into their bucket yeah. and you're taking their shit out of their bucket. Yeah. But that actually didn't go with the metaphor I was trying to make, but it was all I could think of. <laughs> well, I think you could think about it as, because like when you're nice to someone, you're adding to their bucket. So you could think mm-hmm. of just because someone else is adding like a teaspoon to your partner's bucket doesn't make your teaspoon less go away. Good. Yeah. They're both still in the bucket. Yeah. They're just together and now. Like your partner has infinite amounts of teaspoon to your give bucket to is infinite. Whoever they want. Infinite. The bucket, bucket. the bucket is on it. <laughs> you just you just infinite. Shut <laughs> up, brother. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm quitting the podcast. I'm sick. Okay, bye. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. You distracted me by saying Who cares? Who cares anymore? (laughs) Okay, realize their happiness in spending quality time with other people has no negative effect on their happiness in spending time with you. Try to see things from their perspective as you explore what compersion can mean for both of you. And finally, take small steps. As you open yourself up to experiencing compersion of one variety or another, take things slow. Prioritize the mental health and well-being of both your partner and yourself. There's no need to jump into a polyamorous relationship if either of you are not ready or interested consensual non-monogamy can be a component of compersion but it doesn't have to be 
I also think that's a, a really good point we made in the book and that I think is especially... You, you know what we said? That was really smart. <laughs> you know what? Here's what we said in their book that you should buy. That was really smart. No, listen. It, what, and it's not like we created the point. It's the point yeah. lots of people make. But especially for A-Specs who... I think we've heard from a lot of A-Specs say that they feel the need to be in a polyamorous relationship because they feel like that's the only way they will get into a romantic mm-hmm. or sexual relationship at all because they feel like they are not going to be able to find a partner who's okay with never having sex. Mm. Um, like we had a lot of people contact us throughout book, the book and for quotes and everything that that's what they said. And we made the point in our book, like it is not going to be helpful if you get into a polyamorous relationship because you feel like you have to and not yeah. because you actually want to. Like that's going to cause more damage than anything. Like, maybe this is just the non-dating airways in me, but, like, to me, I look at that and I'm like, I feel like that would be way more painful to to force yourself into, like, a polyamorous relationship if that's not what's right for you than to not have a relationship at all. I mean, like, logically, I would agree with you, but, like, thinking about how strongly society pushes us to be in yeah. relationships, like, I think... Again, as I said, that was... The, that was could have no, been the I non-dating know. airways in me. <laughs> like, as much as conservatives, like do not like polyamory, I think they would probably rather people be in polyamorous relationships mm. than no relationships, unfortunately. Because then the human race would end. Exactly, because they need more people to work in their factories. Capitalism. Anyway. Capitalism. We live in a capitalist hellscape. Um, but thanks, Esther. I love that. It's pretty good. So this article by Rebecca. Rebecca? Rebecca, yeah. our girl. Um, I don't know. I don't know their gender, actually. Anyway. Yeah, I was, I was they them. Sorry. Sorry, Re- Recently, a friend of mine, they themed me, like, twice yeah. in a row. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay. People have they themed you to me. It just, it doesn't usually happen, like, within sight Your or shot. earshot of me. Yeah. And I, I was just like. I mean, just say it, Sarah. <laughs> it's creepy. It's just no. like, oh. The prophecy. <laughs> the prophecy. Okay, continue. Anyway, Rebecca was, um, there's a section in Rebecca's article about, is compersion necessary? Do you have to have compersion to be in a polyamorous relationship? Mm-hmm. And they talk about how, no, it's not necessary. You know, non-monogamy is all about communicating. You don't necessarily have to feel this, like, huge sense of joy Mm-hmm. to understand and be totally okay with what's going on. But that just led me to think about when compersion is lacking, I think specifically in not in monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in society in general, in culture in general, this, there's this idea of being very possessive over your partner yeah. and like they can't have friends. I'm I'm of, the only one that can make you happy. Right. Like you can't have friends of the opposite sex. Like I feel like I've even seen partners get upset when their partner spends too much time with people who are friends, not even a romantic or sexual interest. Yeah. And it's just kind of the monogamous need to f- fulfill all of that person's needs and desires. And I think, you know, that's a symptom of putting romantic relationships on such a high pedestal is then you have this end-all, be-all relationship. You expect it to fulfill all of your emotional and physical and every need when it just doesn't. So it's just, I don't know, it's... One relationship is not going to fulfill all of your needs. And in fact, it probably shouldn't because then if that relationship ends... Right, it's not. What do you have? Yeah, it's not the most healthy. And also, like, just the idea that one person is going to be good at all of what yeah. you need like like i have friends i go to for different like if i'm asking for advice in different areas of life i go to different friends for that you know it's like if you see memes online you don't always send every meme to the same people right you like all the memes mm-hmm. but you know your friends and you know who's going to like which memes yes exactly and you choose accordingly yeah i think just looking specifically at like uh, what Rebecca wrote here under the like the is conversion necessary header, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that she. I want to just like read specifically what she said here, which is 
I don't endorse the idea that being quote-unquote correctly polyamorous or otherwise non-monogamous requires us to be the right kind of happy, well-adjusted, free-spirited, or quote, chill, parentheses, ugh, ugh. There's a strain of toxic positivity in polyamorous culture that tries to insist that real polyamorous folks are always expert-level communicators, are always sexually savvy, are always flexible and great at problem-solving, are always happy and open and welcoming, and, of course, have gone up the mountain to become enlightened love masters who never, ever, ever feel jealousy. Bullshit, Rebecca goes on to say. Monogamous <laughs> folks can be crap at communicating. We can fuck up relationships on epic scales. We can be petty, bitchy, selfish, closed-minded, subject to the winds of our mental illnesses and trauma, and yes, jealous. Unfortunately, being under constant suspicion and criticism from the monogamous world has made a lot of us want to hastily plaster over the holes in our relationship walls and pretend that we are all always doing just great. Thanks for asking. I think that's an important point because I often think that when monogamous people look at polyamorous people, they think that the polyamorous people think they're better yeah. than the monogamous people. Like monogamous people look at polyam people and they're like, you think you're better than me. You think you're more evolved than me. Like you think you understand whatever in a higher way. Yeah. But that's just like. I mean, I'm sure there are some people that think that, but there are some people sure. that think everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I think it's important to kind of, like, strip away those expectations. Then because monogamous people have these expectations of non-monogamous people of being, like, all hoity-toity, they feel the need to to telegraph perfect relationships. Yeah. Because otherwise, because if, if their relationships are messy, then you're going to have monogamous people being like see it's wrong like it's yeah. that's that's why it's bad like there there will be judgment calls placed upon yeah their relationships and so it's like there's so much as with literally everything there's just a lot of unlearning we have to do based off of what society impressed upon us about what is right and real and normal yeah well i think like the thing that monogamous people or people that just like don't understand polyamory always say is like well how do you not get jealous like i feel like that's the major holdup that people have is the jealousy aspect and so i think there's the idea that well polyamorous people just must not be jealous they're just like they don't experience that which i guess for mm. some people that might be true yeah. but i think the reality is that they just handle their jealousy differently like they yeah. don't like what the master class was saying you know like mm -hmm. you and what we were saying in the beginning, like there's non-toxic ways to handle jealousy. There's more mature ways to look at your jealousy and try to understand what it's telling you. And I think that's the real difference. Yeah. Is that in monogamy, we're taught that jealousy is almost like a good thing and that we should feed into it mm -hmm. to keep that possession. That is necessary. Right. That like, yeah. It, yeah, that it's, and like I, yeah, I don't know. Like I just, I said earlier, like jealousy is natural. That's true. But I think there is an aspect, especially in straight relationships, where it's really fed into that. It's also, in a, in a hetero context, it's a control thing, too. Yes. It's often yes. about the man controlling the woman. Yeah. And if he is jealous of what she's doing, it is her fault. Yeah. And so, like, there's that whole other layer of it there. Yeah. I think that's also part of the reason why people kind of believe polyamorous people to be all like high and mighty is because I think polyamorous people have to be a little bit more self-aware of their own relationship to jealousy. Yeah. And in order to have a healthy polyamorous relationship, you do kind of have to know yourself a little bit better in that way and be a little yeah. bit better at dealing with your emotions. And so well, that I might think that that kind of goes for any non-normative relationship, really. Yeah. Because to even enter into a non-normative relationship like polyamory, you have mm. to know You have to understand the norm. You have to understand the norm first. You have to yeah. have the outside perspective of like okay, everyone is doing this and that doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you have to have yeah. a little bit of like outsider perspective, I feel yeah. like. And so it's like, part of me wants to be like, 
maybe they are a little bit more evolved <laughs> because <laughs> because like they're they clearly have a better understanding of it but like just because you have an understanding of it doesn't mean you have to embrace polyamory right well it's also that those, it's like- those who do probably do have a better understanding well, of it but as as rebecca said there are still people who can be shit at communicating yeah. i mean i yeah i know people that have gotten into non-monogamous situations who like did not do it ethically and like yeah it was not good like i think it also comes down to i think we talked about this like years ago um when one of our friends who's polyamorous came on that there's a difference between identifying as polyamorous as part of your identity and practicing like, practicing And so I think, you know, some people can fall into practicing polyamory, Mm -hmm. you know, without necessarily that's what they were trying to do. And then there's other people who identify as polyamorous who are like, I just can never be in a monogamous relationship. Like, this is part of my identity. This is how I date. Like, this is just how it is. And I think, like, I think it's probably more common than we think that people fall into those situations or... Mm -hmm like get into it for the wrong reasons like we talked about like an aspec person feeling like they have to or mm-hmm. wanting to date someone and the person says like well we have to be non-monogamous if you want to date you know whatever right like i think there's you know there's the ideal that we think of of like two people being like not two people that's monogamous several people being <laughs> like i am polyamorous and now we shall sit down and negotiate our polyamory contract and this shall be our polyamorous relationship and commenced. then we're going to have an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's just not, you know, like it's like any other relationship. There's like a natural yeah, build up to it. And it's not always going to be perfect. It also just makes me think of, I mean, in this context, I'm thinking about straight people, but it doesn't have to be straight people who are like dating casually and like seeing yeah. multiple people casually. Like when I was younger, I've said this before, like I, in my little arrowways also just like teenage brain yeah to me dating someone and being like boyfriend girlfriend like partners was the same thing like yeah yeah if if you go on a date you become <laughs> yeah like i mean i think together i even struggled with that like into college like yeah. when i started dating in college i was like very clearly not looking at relationships and dating the way other people the people I was dating was. And it, yeah. like, caused some issues. Yeah. And so I think... Where was I like, going with this? You know what it's like? It's like on The Bachelor. Because The Bachelor is being polyamorous. I don't care it what is. you guys oh, I remember. Say. Let me let me finish. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, like, if you're dating several people casually... Yeah. And maybe having sex with several people casually... Like... That's considered okay and normal unless you're, like, super conservative and, like, think that you can't have sex before marriage. But at what point do those relationships become serious enough that it is considered polyamory? And I think a lot of self-identified straight people probably have kind of dipped into polyamory more than they realize. Sure. Because they were just, like... Oh, I'm like dating around. I'm like seeing some people. These are my side hoes. Yeah. Well, I think it it comes down to the partnership. Like you are supposed like by society's rules, you're supposed to have one partner. This is the person you are building your life with. So I think when you get to a point in your relationship where that's where you are, you're only supposed to have one. Yeah, it's like, like it's like a it's like a QPR. Like you have like you're like you have to define the relationship. Right. Well, yeah, it's like the difference between a friendship and a partnership yeah. is a friend you are not necessarily making joint decisions the way you are with a partner, whether that partner is platonic or romantic. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's for me personally, that's like how I would define when things get polyamorous is if that's a partner. Yeah. Um but yeah, but you can you can still kind of like dabble a little bit, I think, without it really being. Oh yeah, sure. Well, then you also like this, like getting into a whole thing. But then there's people that practice polyamory in a way where it's like you have a primary partner, and mm-hmm. then there's the other people you date, and it's like side okay, hose. you're probably making they're not side hoes. 
<laughs> you're probably making most of your life decisions with your primary partner. Right. But then it's like these other people are your partners. But like what kinds of decisions are you making with them? It's obviously not a clear cut. Side hoe decision. Definition of no. They know they're the side. They know they're the side hoes. They're fine with being. Well, they, they should know they're side hoes. The if it's that ethical, per, that person to them is probably their side hoe too. Well, if it's ethical, yes. Some people <laughs> in the book we read. We read a book for writing the book called um, "Stepping Off the Relationship Escalator," which is bold a book of you to about, say that we read that. Book. I read a book for the book <laughs> called "Stepping Off the Relationship." Escalator. It's a, mostly about polyamory, but just kind of about like relationship structures. And there was a lot of talk about how to ethically do polyamory and whether having a primary partner at all like is mm-hmm. ethical. And people have lots of opinions either way about that. I am not knowledgeable enough to have a, any sort of opinion at all. Yeah. But like, ask Amy Garin about that. <laughs> yeah. Ask Amy. Jumping back to The Bachelor that you briefly mentioned and then oh, yes. I interrupted to say my thing. Yeah. Um, I. So it it just started the most recent season. Yes, he plays tennis. I've seen in the commercials. Yeah, he plays. That's, his, that's his thing. Someone said that they, not one of the women plays tennis or is an athlete at all. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> he plays tennis. They were playing it at the gym when I was there, and I was on the elliptical. And then I stayed on the elliptical longer because I was like, I want, I want to see know. him. Because they were doing the like first introductions to sure, all the, the girls, limo, and I was like, yes. I have to, I have to see all of the introductions. Yeah, two of them are sisters, <gasps> and they're not <coughs> telling anyone at first. Brother, why are they doing that? And and they Does were the like, guy know? No, no one knows. <sighs> like the whole thing is that oh, them man, two the are the only ones who know. The producers knew what they were doing with that one, and like they're. At least at the beginning, they're pretending not to know each other. Oh, the producers knew what they were doing with that one. And, and looks, they were like, you know, we thought we would do something fun together. And then, like, and then, and then they were like, the, the one was like, you know, this, it was the younger sibling. She was like, I don't want to like necessarily be defined by my sister. Like when they were talking about, like, you know, like not telling everyone at first. And then immediately her lower third was, so-and-so's little sister and then (laughs) and then it switches to the older one and it was so-and-so's big sister and the rest of the episode their lower thirds were just like so-and-so's sister when the editors get a little silly with a lower third they love love to get silly with them and it's they're so right for that it's my favorite genre of comedy (laughs) i think um that's wild but what i was gonna say about the bachelor or like any of those kind of dating shows like i remember we watched um Farmer Wants a Wife, several months back when that was preparing. Mm. It's coming back, new season. I'll probably watch mm. it again. Um, <laughs> but all of the women, like, it was like five women per one farmer or whatever. Yeah. But they would all live together on the farm. And, like, mm. I know all the Bachelor women live together, but it's like a mansion, so I have to assume they're not, yeah. like, as close. But so the it's women like became – Right? But the women became really good friends because they were just, like – city girls yeah. who now live on a farm together and right. so it was figuring really inter- it out <laughs> yeah it was interesting to watch them because they would be happy for each other for yeah. like having a great date with the farmer but then it's also like they would get jealous because they were like well i want the farmer to pick me or like the farmer would do something annoying and they would like get mad on behalf of the other ones and it would like come up as a fight with him on behalf of one of the other girls or yeah. whatever. It's it sounds like it sounds like Bachelor but a little less catty, like a little less produced to be um produced to be well, antagonistic. Yeah, it was interesting honestly cuz like there were definitely some like tensions between girls. Yeah. But it often felt like the most of the upsetness was with the farmers for how they were <laughs> acting, not the girl like they like said, was, I'm a girl's girl. No, literally. <laughs> Only like they, girl's girls on Farmer They were getting, like, upset about, like, the other people kissing or whatever in front of everyone. And then but mm. it would, like, the girl would be, like, sorry. And everyone would be, like, whatever. And then they would be, like, It's not your fault. <laughs> like, anyway. Um, oh, that's funny. Um, no, but, like, even just, like, the little bit of The Bachelor I saw. I didn't, I didn't see the full episode. Yeah. Um, but, like, they were already being, like... Some of their entries were a lot. They always are. Someone came in on a go-kart. Someone of came course. in on a boat. Someone came oh. in on a tennis ref chair. Oh. Someone came, you know, okay, the girl who came in in a, a Christmas 
tree f- truck. Okay. I'll give her that because she grew up on a Christmas tree farm. Okay, Taylor and also, Swift. <laughs> and, and also, like, she had a whole thing about how when she was 17, she started losing her hearing. And then she recently got a cochlear implant in one of her ears and how wow. it's, like, changed her life and, like, whatever. And I was like, okay, good for you. Um, but the some of the other ones yeah. who, who, like, they have – when they first talk to this man, they walk up to him. They hug him. They're like, I'm so-and-so. And he's like – I'm Joey, and they're like, we know. And they have, like, 20 seconds. They have, like, one. And they all do, like, one-liners. Yeah. They have, like, one. They essentially have one line. Yeah. And some of them, like, they're clearly just doing shit for attention. Like, because also, like, at the end of the first night, doesn't he he give a rose for, like, the most memorable? I think there's, like, a first impression rose. Like, first impression rose, Yeah. yeah. And, um... And so, like, some of the stuff that they were saying was, like, just, like, very, like, raunchy. And I was, like... <sighs> yeah. Like, like this girl walked up with, a like, a like a platter with a bowl on it. Like, a fancy... A cloche. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and on the plate were three bananas of different sizes. Oh, no, brother. And she was, like, which one do you most identify with? And I was, like... <sighs> I mean, I hate that. Doing that. But I can't really blame the women. You know it's like their handlers that are like, okay, let's oh, yeah. workshop your stupid entrance. I know, but, but like you you can tell which ones like just want to yeah. become famous and then which ones oh, they're not here want for the to right fi- reason. Want to find love but also want to become famous. I don't think there's anyone on that show who No isn't one goes on The Bachelor somewhere. to actually find a relationship anymore. <laughs> or like there was this one girl who I kind of liked and then she was like I've just met my husband, and I was like, never oh, mind. Oh, uh, shut up. <laughs> also, surprisingly, now this is a Bachelor episode. Um, surprisingly, I was surprised by the the average age of the Bachelor contestants this year is apparently a lot older than in previous years. Thank God. Like, I was shook at how many of them were, like, 25, 26, and I was like, that's how old I am. <laughs> Honestly, thank God when they bring in like twenty-one-year-olds, I'm like, "What are you doing well, here?" And the only one, again, I didn't see all the ones at the beginning. There were so many of them; like, they just like kept twenty. Coming. I think I don't. I think it was more than that. I thought they started with twenty. It seemed like more than that because okay. they were because like the girls didn't know how many other girls were going to come in. Oh, like weird. I like I don't think they, they really knew. wanted extra people this year. <laughs> yeah, um, and. I didn't, so I didn't see all of them. But of the ones I saw, the youngest person I saw was twenty three, and she oh. was actually previously on. Like oh. she had, she had been on because he, I, he, he had been on the Bachelorette. Sure, they always. And are. then, and then, basically, she she had like a letter, and oh. then they she had gotten it at a previous time from somebody, and then they had to open the letter together. I didn't stay long enough. Okay. To see what the letter said. Sure. Um, but, like, so she had been around. And, like, she was the one who was, like, 23. And the rest of them were, like, 25, 26, 28, 31. And I was, like, wow. okay. Impressive. Go off. And then I was looking at their jobs. And I was, like, how are you 25 and have that job? <laughs> mm, Nepo, baby. Nepo, baby. Anyway, um... We're done, right? <laughs> uh, I think my f- my finishing thoughts are, I think that people in monogamous relationships, and especially like straight relationships, because I do think straight people are worse about this. Should straight have, people are worse in general. Yeah. Should have more <laughs> compersion. Like this does yeah. not have to be a polyamorous thing, I think. And it doesn't, a- have, it doesn't have to be an asexual or aromantic thing where it's like, yes. oh, I'm sex averse or sex repulsed therefore i don't want to participate in that in this activity it can that can be a great like not use of conversion but that can be like a really positive example of how it can work really well in a relationship with an aspect person but that's absolutely not the only way that it can work yeah absolutely i just think there is so much emphasis on needing to have all of your needs fulfilled by one person and Mm -hmm. because that is the um, understanding, I guess, is it just kind of takes away the possibility of having compersion. Like, it's almost mm-hmm. like we're not allowed to feel compersion because we're supposed to feel 
jealousy yeah. or insecurity. So I yeah. think even in, you know, like non-romantic and sexual settings, just like feeling compersion for your partner, having friends or having hobbies mm-hmm. outside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I recently watched a video, it was like a Jubilee video or something where they were like mm-hmm. asking men and women, do you think that men and women could like be friends without sexual yeah. whatever and i just stopped watching after like two minutes because the people i wouldn't were have pissing even clicked me on it fire. well it was a cody <laughs> co reaction to it so it was like okay. i wouldn't have watched it otherwise but even i was even getting mad at him i was like brother what are we doing i had to stop watching yeah. um but uh, yeah overall i just think that compersion should be fostered especially in straight monogamous relationships and if you are a sex-repulsed asexual person and you're in a polyamorous relationship, you might feel compersion when your partner does the do with another partner. But that other partner can also feel compersion when you and your partner do something. Yes, like, very true. It's not like it can only go that direction. Yeah. Um it's a it's a two way street. It's a three way street. It's a really it's horrible for many way street. You it's want. that really horrible intersection in Beverly Hills that's like five or six streets just meeting, mm. and it's a bunch of um just like office buildings and stuff that are like really you know really what it tall. is. It's overwhelming. It's the circle wherever it is in Europe that goes around that monument with no uh-huh. lanes, and you just in you can the in France in, in Paris f- in Paris. What is yeah. it? The Arc de Triomphe. Arc de Triomphe. <laughs> and you Triomphe. can just get in, and there's no lanes, and you could just go wherever you want. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. That's actually really overwhelming. Um, and that's why polyamory is not for me. Not for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that's all. Thank you. Um, Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Maybe have you ever experienced compersion? And if no, why? Just What's wrong with you? Stop. If no, maybe you should look within yourself. Don't should. Maybe you might look within yourself and think about your relationship with jealousy. Okay, don't shame people. I'm, I'm telling them perhaps they might look within. Listen, I think... Everyone can feel com- like it doesn't have. To- I th- I think people think about compersion as like this big thing. Yes, but it's like, it, like <sighs> if your friend buys a sticker they really like, yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I love how happy you are that you have that sticker. Like that's compersion. Like it doesn't have to be a big, yeah. Maybe a- maybe the poll the poll should be like, what is your favorite way that you have experienced compersion? When have you experienced? Like what? Like what has what has been good? Okay. Um. All right. You can tell us. No. Well, you can. But first, we gotta tell you. Um. Kayla, what's your beef and your juice for this week? Hold on. To rewrite the poll. My bad for making it better. Yeah. Whatever. Uh. <laughs> Everyone would have just been like, yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> My beef is Sarah. My beef is corporate. America. Mm-hmm. I will not be going further than that. My boss okay. sometimes listens. <laughs> he already knows what I'm mad about, but anyway, we won't get into it. Um, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, my juice is what is my what what is my juice? While you think about that, I'm gonna give my beef. My beef okay. is that I'm being evicted from my apartment for at least a week. Yeah. It's starting Monday. So we ha- we had to file a claim. I'm just going to be have to out of my be out of my house. They're redoing our floor and ripping out a wall, drying the wall. Uh-huh. And then rebuilding the wall. Awful. At least and you get new carpet. Why do we build the wall? We build the wall so that we can be free. That's not the lyric. What it's are you it's close. About? <laughs> I'm quoting Hades Town. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm I'm very bothered also that we got not a ton of notice. Yeah. Uh, but we have a place to stay and they were letting us take the cat and whatever. What's your juice? Oh my 
juice. I just had one. Oh, I bought some cute keychains today. Mm-hmm. My That's juice <laughs> is I bought some things for my BTS friends today because there was someone who was making these really cute like charm keychains um, that were BTS related, but also they were like donating all of the proceeds to um, Pious Projects, who are these people who like make like menstrual hygiene kits for yeah. people in Gaza. And I have donated to them before, and then they emailed me a couple weeks later, being like, "Here's the update about what we were able to do." That's and I was nice. Like, I love accountability. I love knowing what concrete things have happened anyway but i was like oh these are really cute and like it's a good cause and then i was looking at their website and then they had a bunch of stickers and there's they had stickers of all of the bt21 characters with all the different queer flags Mm. and they had ace ones which i didn't actually buy any but (laughs) but they had them um and so i was like i'm gonna buy my friends these stickers that go with their how they identify because not a one of them is straight yeah why would you be friends with a straight and because i'm i'm not a sticker girly because i can't commit to putting stickers on things but like i was like these are so cute and so i just bought them for other people (laughs) so nice i'm just gonna mail it to them i don't have some of their mailing addresses so i'm just gonna message them and be like give me your address don't ask questions Oh, no. Scary. I promise not to dox you. Oh, no. That's it. Did you say juice? You said juice. You can tell us about your beef and your juice on our social media at Sounds Fake Pod. We also have Patreon, patreon.com slash Sounds Fake Pod. We have a new $2 patron. You wouldn't believe. The new $2 patron is Donnie Hayward. Ooh, Thank you, Donnie, Donnie Hayward. We appreciate you. Our $5 patrons are... Who, are we, who we are promoting this week are Elizabeth Wheeler, Emily Jean Finasps, everyone's favorite, Galvin Ford, and Green underscore Sarah. Our $10 patrons who are promoting something this week are the Barefoot Backpacker. The Barefoot Backpacker. Why, why, did, why did I love them? <laughs> Barefoot Backpacker, who would like to promote their YouTube channel, RTW Barefoot. Song of Storm, who would like to promote a healthy work-life balance, never met her. And Val, who would like to promote, I don't know. Um, our other $10 patrons who are promoting something this week are, I gotta scroll up, sorry, one second. <laughs> Allison, who would like to promote um, Art and Grey by Raystive. And Ani, who would like to promote the importance of being kind to yourself and others. Our other $10 patrons, who, again, we should remember to be kind to, are Arkness, Benjamin Abara, Boston Smith, Selena Dobson, David Harris, Derek and Carissa, El Bitter, my aunt Jeannie, Kayla's dad, Mav, Martin, Giselle, Parker, Purple Haze, and that's it. Our $15 patrons are Ace, who elect to promote the Rital Crystal Sharer. I really struggle with that one. Because I say it too fast. Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast. Dia Chappelle, who would like to promote twitch.tv slash Dia. Hector Mario, who would like to promote friends that are supportive, constructive, and help you grow as a better person. And when and when you do that, they probably experience conversion. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel White, who would like to promote NathanielJWaitDesigns.com. And Kayla's Aunt Nina, who would like to promote KateMaggartArt.com. Our $20 patrons are Dragonfly, who would like to promote Dragonflies. And we have a new one, Jask. It's just my mom. Oh, mom. Mom's finally a patron again. Her card mom. expired like months ago, and she mom was like, slay. "Oh, I forgot." Mom, <laughs> thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Slay. Mom, what do you want to promote? Um, free mom hugs, perhaps. I'm gonna promote from my mom that she's doing a lot of work helping my grandma because my grandma had a stroke, and she's Ooh. doing a good job. Good job, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And until then, feel compersion for your cows. Okay.